Welcome to Sports Arena, an extreme rewind, your weekly look into the world of ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 and every pay-per-view and special and anything else we can find in between to cover the what is extreme. But what about Raven? But what about, what about Raven? Sorry, headphone listeners. Um, you got myself, Paul, and I'm joined by a very vocal Jay in a very special... Extremely heartbreaking. heartbreaking, heartbreaking end of an era, especially for you. You get heartbroken. I'm just edging closer to Carino. So, memories alone. <laughs> um, this week we are covering two episodes of ECW Hardcore TV, and the reason it is just two episodes is because they are Raven's final two episodes with the promotion currently back in June. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> Disclaimer, he comes back for a little bit. But, it's it's yeah. like everything on social media and everything we've done to build up to this has always had like the disclaimer at the moment, this run, yes. for now. For now. <laughs> Just because. Um, but yeah, so we're covering the last two episodes. As well as that, we're going to dive into a little bit of Scotty Levy, I guess. WCW and, Scotty Levy, yeah. Yeah, as we look at him when he's at Scotty Flamingo and also... His arrival was Raven and first match and things like that. So it should be it's a very Raven heavy show. If you like your Raven, you know, you can quote this one. Forevermore. Forevermore. Um, but how are you, by the way? I haven't asked. Very rude. Um, well, we're into week 704 of, of lockdown and... Um... Yeah, it's, it's... I'm starting to think Raven might have a point. Um, It is June the 3rd, 1997, episode 215 of ECW Hardcore TV. The show starts off on quite a sad note, basically announcing that Stevie Richards has suffered a serious injury, one that you stated last week, and obviously we'll bring up this week, one that he technically retired from. Yeah, so we we covered this like we we tripped over this last week um, yeah. because we were trying to work out when Stevie went, and yeah. the actual circumstance of Stevie going was was um, uh, more confusing, more 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 dramatic possibly than I think either of us really kind of um, expected. Which um, is, yeah, more than just a contract expiry as we thought it might be. Yeah. Um, more of a contract being terminated due to ill health and then being reinstated medically very quickly. Anyway, um, yeah, so a, a bit a bit weird. Um, and I know we'll get into it, but but weird that they showed the 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 moment. Yeah, but this is the same program that sat there and analysed Sabu breaking his neck with a pen. Very true. Yeah. So it's, it's one of them. I suppose it's like if they're not dead, it's not. Yeah, it's not a line. How many times do we see Taz break his neck? Must, yeah, true. And so, the pit bulls. And yeah, you're right. <laughs> so it's not. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Um, so we get a quick recap on that basic serious injury um, to Steve Rich. We get the intro video. We then get Joey and Rude announcing that Stevie won't be facing the funk for the title. And this is almost quite a humanising moment of Rude, where he was quite yeah. sympathetic and tried to give like a don't beat yourself up kids you know happens to the best of us yeah which i thought was um probably the nicest character 
It was. It was almost just like if anyone can give a sort of speech at this time about it, it was very current for someone like Rick Rude to do it. Obviously, hit the back injury against Sting in Japan, yeah. which made him to retire. It was very sort of now, and it was quite. It was quite nice. It uh, was. So- it was. It, it was a nice touch, and it was a nice. It, some nice words. Um, my my dislike for the Rick Rude character tainted it for me. Um, but as you said, it was a very human, it was a, a you know, a person to person, a brother to brother moment of, you know, it was, it was a personal conversation that held on air. Um, you know, he's, he's tough. He'll come through it. I know it feels like the world's ended and I've been there, but you know, um, so it was, it was a really nice moment. Um, I just, I, I struggle with, and then now we're back to talking about sexually molesting a ring girl. Well, yeah, just get back to to everything else, isn't it? So he wishes him um, all the best. Then they say that Candido will be taking on Terry Funk for the title instead, which again, something I wasn't aware of, but did yeah, take my interest. Obviously, yeah. I mean, why why wouldn't you swap in Candido at this point? <laughs> um, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, they also announced that. Eliminators will be facing the winner of Dudley's versus Sandman and Balls Mahoney, obviously. And Raven will be facing Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. And Sabu will get his rematch against uh, Sabu. Uh, I mean, Taz, Taz, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, It's all Wrestlepalooza 97. Um, It's the action that we're getting it from. She's devastated that um, doesn't have. Yeah. It's not on the network, but I do own the VHS, which isn't a lot of use. <laughs> but um, so that's the thing. Um, so, so we then... Happy Wrestlepalooza. Yeah, happy Wrestlepalooza 97. What a stacked event not to have on the network. Absolutely. I know there's a little bit of editing to go on, but it's minor like... Uh, and I will get into it, but this is this is between to pay-per-views yeah um their first pay-per-view and and they're uh, they're announcing and advertising their second um but yeah i mean it's 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 quite the super show to have in the middle especially with everything going on with it um so yeah crazy um uh, we get yeah we like to so get the highlights of the stevie richards the terry funk match at least we got injured wasn't that yeah so basically a match before the match yeah, so it's like a four-way, and then it comes down to Stevie and then as we drops the guardrail. And this is why I always thought it was it barely legal, because yeah. I knew it was multiple people involved. And yeah, um, and then get a promo by Chris Candido, basically boohooing Stevie, saying he's injured, um, that he's the reason there's an ECW pay-per-view, but he was injured, had to miss the pay-per-view. Listed all of the accomplishments, including NWA World Champion and WF champ, Tag Team Champion four times. He also said that Terry Funk won the NWA title by getting in a match back door because the person was training for his brother. Well, he went through a tournament in one night and won the title, which we spoke about the Smoky Mountain after yeah. the franchise incident. So it's nice yeah. they acknowledged that as much as they could. And um, yeah, Candido again, fabulous promo, very straight to the point, but I do like him. I, I, you know, so this is really kind of. Um my first real kind of appreciation of Candido, this run, this this time. I mean, I, I saw some of his stuff on uh, ECW when it was first shown. I, I saw his, his Body Donna stuff, obviously. 
but being that little bit mature or more mature as a fan, you know, you change, your tastes change and things like that. And you're really starting to see kind of just how, how, how special a, a talent he was. Um, yeah. I mean, if he was, if he was just a bit bigger than good God, what, what Vince McMahon would have done with him. That's the thing. Just, just the wrong era, really. I mean, I know it's, yeah. it's, it's cause you look at, um, you know, even like Federation, like just missing, skipping the beats. If he's an ECW of like your Malenkos and your Guerreros, he could have easily got yeah. tied up in that feud and done something special. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, and and probably gone across to WCW a lot earlier, and and yeah, just just yeah, just would have been amazing to see him kind of in his, you know, Candido in his prime versus Pillman, Candido in his prime versus. Jericho, Candido in his prime versus Malenko and Guerrero. And, you know, just the workhorses that they had in there, um, him being there a little bit earlier or a little bit later, depending on which run you're talking about, would have, yeah. would have, he would have blown the doors off. Because you think if he'd crossed over right, he would have been Uranus Mysterios, he would have been obviously Malenko's Guerrero's. It was so close together that. Yeah. But um, Lance Storm will do. Uh, we get a promo by Taz, basically talking about his upcoming match with Sabu. Said so the first match was about who's a better man. This Saturday, he doesn't care if he wins or loses. He just wants to choke him out. Which makes me think he wants to win. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good. Again, it was, it was a nice way to, you know, we've done the sportsman, who's the better man now, I just want to keep the shit out of you, kind of. And uh, I mean, for me, it's perfect because, you know, we know knowing the Taz character that we're about to come into the beat me if you can survive if I let you yep. period. And that's, that's encompassing it, you know, win or loss. It doesn't matter. You're not, you're not getting out. Exactly. So yeah. Fattest nice. man on the planet. Nicely delivered. We then get a match. The eliminators and Taz finally team up. This feels like it's been about six months in the making. Yep. Um, versus Big Dick Dudley, Devon Dudley, and Sabu. Yeah. Um, the so they're still playing up the, the RVD's not around thing. Yep, yep. He's busy working Mondays. Um, the match starts off with a fairly, I thought it was a fairly scary kind of spot. There's multiple super kicks to um, Big Dick from the Eliminators. Tazim walks up behind us or hits a German. And so Big Dick, look, look he took quite a nasty landing on his neck. He's, he's not built for bumping in no. any way, shape or form. Um, especially not the size of, of Taz compared to the size of Big Dick Dudley. The the the, the physics just don't work. Yes, but it was to the point where it looked like um, Bubba was asking him if he was all right on the outside. Yeah. Bit of brotherly love. Exactly. But um, overall, yeah, decent match. Exactly what you expect from these lots. Solid, eliminators and tears. It's nice to see this combination finally together. Would have been nice to see a longer run, maybe go against a fully established triple threat. But obviously, certain things happen. Total Taslimination. <laughs> Would have been a perfect name. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I said, it's good to see this team together. The match was everything you expect. It had your brawl, had your technical, had your suplexes, had, had your high spots. Had yeah. your high spots. I mean, the, the Eliminators, and um, we'll, we'll talk about them in a little while, but the Eliminators just were the best tag team in the world at this point, potentially. I can't think of another tag team in this era that I'd you know, want to put them up against kind of thing. 
No, I mean, obviously, you have like your more established teams, like you could say, you know, your, your, Steiners. your Steiners, Legion of Dooms, Outsiders, but it's a different sort of, you know. I mean, so the Outsiders is a good call because the Outsiders were such a hot team, but it was a hot team because it was two super over individuals. It, it was basically two people that you've seen feuded for the last day, two, three years, and suddenly they were together in like a super team. Yeah, so, but they were two cool individuals together who just yeah. so happened to tag. Um, whereas these two together, um, you know, they they just were, their, 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 their tag moves, their unison, their, their just the way that they kind of complemented each other was just brilliant. It was just so crisp, so smooth. Yeah. Yeah, no, sexy, it was... Sexy almost. It was, and of course they picked up the win with total elimination, so... Good victory. Total elimination. Actually, vision Saturn's face as you did that. So that's credit. I was punching it. myself in the face while doing it, just to kind of get into character. That's credit Which means that you have to do the 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 Chromis laugh. Oh God, no, I can't. It's just some sort of weird. No, I'm gonna try. I've left it too Go long for now. It. It's awkward now. I've left it too long. Chromis laugh. Chromis laugh. Chromis laugh. No. Oh. All kinds of um. Supplements I'd have to take to get myself there. Caffeine but, tablets? <laughs> uh, we then get a um, highlight package of the Raven Tommy Dreamer feud. We travel all the way back to 1995 to his debut until today in 1997, showing everything. All we need was a bit of um, Leave the Memories Alone going on in the background. To... Oh, I loved it. So that was good. The bit that I really kind of took out of this is how important Raven has been in Tommy Dreamer finding Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about that that Sandman match and, you know, that losing the pretty boy element of, you know, thank you, sir, can I have another? And that was that was that was pivotal for for Tommy Dreamer. But just watching his gear change, watching his attitude change, watching his style change, you know, all of that really came through. He became the innovator of violence in this feud. He became the Tommy Dreamer that is an ECW hardcore icon in this feud. This is the feud that made Tommy Dreamer through and through. And as much as I continue to have issues with him basically aping Raven's style in a few things, to the point of wearing the same cult T-shirts a few weeks ago, um, you know, you can see that this really did create the image of Tommy Dreamer that you think about when you think of ECW. Yeah, massively. It, it kind of like Sandman feud, you know, brought him to the dance and then sort of Raven sort of took him to the main stage and made him dance in front of everyone, kind of. Yeah, I mean, Sandman got rid of the braces. Yeah. Um, Raven gave him the, the jogging bottoms and the T-shirt. 100%. So it was a massive... Um, yeah, it was just a, a big sort of moment for him, really. I mean, it was just a huge feud. You forgot, I mean... There's a couple of weeks where it felt like it was happening every week because it was, but looking yeah. back on it, it was because it was, you know, solid. And, you know, it's one of those that they've never, they've never done the respect angle. They've never done the friends angle. They've never done the, you know, having to be partners and, you know, angle. They've always just been, you know, even down to, I remember um, one of the earlier ones uh, when you had a kind of that whole kind of, you know, locker room and, and the kind of the, the schmoz on it 
whenever they were in the same room, they were fighting. Yeah. Because no. they just could not be in the same place together. 100%. And next week, we get their final bout. Disclaimer in this run. Um, basically, after it finishes, we get promos from both of them. Raven's basically just listing places all around the world that he's beaten Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, it's basically three. I think it's four, maybe. Florida, New York, Philadelphia and Japan. Yeah, so it just sort of throws them all out like that. And it finishes off with them both saying um, the Nevermore. So, quote, Nevermore. Yeah. Expected. And that's the show ends, but it bigs up to the match next week. So it really does. Takes us to the 10th of June, 1990, episode 216. Um, interview with the Eliminators to start off. We find out that Saturn, uh, Saturn has a serious leg knee injury. Basically, everything that could go wrong with it seems to have gone wrong with it. Yeah, torn meniscus, torn ACL. Um, his leg's being held on by Pritstick. Um, yeah, nothing much going on with, with that. So, uh, yeah, they, they will have to potentially, maybe, forfeit the titles. Yeah, and hand Dudley's the belt. We get a promo from Joel Gertner and those damn Dudleys. Um, anything you take away from this? Um, just um, Bubba Ray and Devon doing the total elimination thing and taking the piss. Um, just great <laughs> heel stuff. It, it, it caught me that, and again, because of the pace we watched these, it probably wasn't as near as it feels to us. But to think that this was stuttering, dancing, goofy brother Bubba Ray. Yeah. And they're now just bad. They're just badasses. They're, they're you know, they don't give a fuck. They're, they're just amazing. Um, just amazes how, 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 how they continue to be able to heat these teams up um, in such a way. Such an important team as well. Because you've got a lot of people obviously getting out there and just, but they've got... I'd say some of the best heels in the business at the moment. I mean, obviously excluded, maybe NWO might rival it, but they're cool heels. Yeah, I mean, the NWO is a difficult one because they're kind of, you know, the, the heels that are selling more merch than the baby faces. So, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, a bit that's the thing. You've got the initial night where everyone's going mental at Hogan, but like I said, they became quite cool afterwards. But um, yeah, Dudley's, Shane Douglas, uh, Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Some of the, um, some crazy stuff. Um, which takes yeah. us to Tommy Dream versus Raven. Before the match even starts, there's a massive you sold out chant from the ECW fans directed toward Raven. I mean, we spoke about the errors change. Towards Raven. I mean, they might have been talking about Tommy Dreamer selling out and putting a different T-shirt on. It could have been anything. You don't know. <laughs> this is true. All right. I, I assume it was towards Raven. But these are like, these fans are, are so clever at this time. See, this is the problem with this fake news kind of podcast coming up with your bullshit themes. You know, this is why Raven's right. Could be Tommy Dream on his way to WCW. We're all assuming it's the last match because Raven's leaving. It could just be Tommy on his way. What's, he got left to, What's Raven got left to do? Anyway, okay, I'll stop. Um, yeah, um, uh, it, it, they, so Raven's got um, uh, Chastity and the guy whose name I still can't remember. They've, they've introduced him like three times and I still can't remember him. 
Yeah, I didn't know him. I felt like he was leaving. I didn't need to get connected to him. No, I mean he was he was not very good. I mean he, he, his his punches looked like shit. He didn't do much, but um, yeah, Cletus or something. It was something bizarre. Yeah, so basically, have a match. Everything you'd expect from this match, they kind of got in everything from all the previous matches yeah. they'd have. They fought around the outside. They fought in the ring. They fought in the crowd. Um, but there's just a massive level of appreciation because you know it's this last one, and you sort of obviously coming towards like the end of the match. You had DDTs treated like super kicks. Everyone, they were just constantly DDTing because. It was a whole dreamer's going to do it. No, he's not. Raven's going to do it. Oh, dreamer's kicked out. Dreamer's going to do it. No, he's not. And it kind of go. And I didn't mind it because the story was such to this moment. Yeah. So it wasn't like offensive or overly sort of stupid. Yeah. There was a lot so of. They did... Sorry, go on. I was going to say they did. They did. They they really. It was like a greatest hits match. They were playing all of the hits from previous matches, including the Tommy used my sign style reveal of the the signs actually the 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 do not enter sign um and there was a straight five minutes where it was ddt on the sign pin kick out you stand up ddt on the sign kick pin kick out low blow low blow low blow low blow ddt on the sign pin kick out so it was it was quite formulaic the story they were trying to tell was just how evenly matched these two were um and, you know, every time you think Tommy's got him beat and something happens and every time it looks like Raven's going to steal it. Um, but it was it was a little bit gratuitous in the sense of why am I expecting any of these to matter? Yeah, it, it was a lot like that. Um, Louis came out, basically beat up Dreamer. Dreamer then beat up Louis. Raven then hit Dreamer again. Dreamer kicked out. Picked up Raven, shouted out ECFNW, and hit with a final DDT and pin Raven. So the other part on this that was that I think needs to kind of be mentioned just because it's been so pivotal in their feud was Beulah getting involved. So um, low blows from Beulah, Raven crawling on his knees to Beulah, holding her, you know, pulling her, pulling chastity off of her to protect Beulah. Um, Still playing up that whole kind of, you know, he, he's he's still in love with his ex-girlfriend, the one that broke his heart, the one who left him for his nemesis. Um, still playing that through all the way through the match. Yeah, going back to that, I feel like the commentators said they fought all over summer camp for her and they're still fighting over her now. And I thought, didn't Dream a pick on her because she was like fat or something? Something like that, yeah. I didn't think they fought over her on summer camp. I thought he brought someone back from summer camp that he would always who pick on. Dreamer as much as he did. Yeah, because he picked on her. Yeah, but and this is the problem. And you, you, you forget. You're you're expected to forget that. Um, you know that. Dreamer knocked her up and kind of like you know I, I might even learn to love her. Um, I'll be there for the kid. I might even learn to love her. Um, you know, it, it started off as as you know. A revenge, thing. You know, there was no, there was no attraction, no love. There was a, a revenge thing of, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this to, to sleep with my enemy's girl, not because I'm interested in her, um, but because Tommy Dreamer is the white meat baby face now. Um, it's all a little bit retconned to, you know, him getting the girl and you know, true love wins and blah blah blah, rather than um, 
yeah, the, the fake pregnancy and everything else. Yeah, 100%. Before we get on to all the craziness that happens afterwards, um, should Dreamer have won this match? I think so. Um, at this point, they weren't expecting Raven to come back. At this point, he was gone. Um, I think for Ray, for Dreamer to have his moment where he finally manages to beat him, um, I think was a was a big thing. Um, and I, I, I think that it was right that after all of this and after all of the shenanigans and all the stuff we've seen a million times as to why Dreamer's not going to win, he finally, and you can you can see on his face afterwards, you know, the, 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 he's finally done it, blah, blah, blah. I don't agree with the whole kind of whoever wins this match wins the feud because, you know, the score is something like 722 to one. But, um, you know, I, I think it was right that Dreamer won. What did you think? Yeah, agreed. I mean, obviously you wouldn't think that at this point, you know, 20 odd years later in impact, they'd still be spatting and teasing it. Yeah. Teasing it. So, you know, I mean, the, if you haven't seen the impact wrestling, Rosemary Raven bar scene, it's, it is, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But um, it just yeah. shows like if done correctly, Raven still has got a fantastic place in this business. I mean, he, he, he appeared, Randomly sitting in the crowd in AEW. Yep. He was just there when everyone was fighting around him. And then he popped straight over to Impact and, and done this. So he must be getting um, itchy feet. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That's I it. wonder if anywhere else just randomly appearing in the crowd. Mm. Mm, segue. Um, do you want to jump to what happens next straight away? or? Yeah, let's do it. So basically... As one feud finishes, another one when begins. It, uh, yeah. It, uh, uh, holy shit. You know, so you've got the end of the era, you know, you've got this this feud that's defined ECW for two years now of, of Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. Um, you know, all around the world, as they talked about titles, you know, two-time heavyweight champion, tag titles as well all around the world, all everything else. Um, and as smooth as you can imagine, they make you forget about the heartbreak of seeing Raven go and heat up the next thing and the next angle and the next thing for Tommy Dreamer in such an amazing way. That, you know, it just feels as if you haven't skipped a beat. Massively. So Dreamer's there celebrating. And like you said, no, no, second pass, basically the lights go out, the lights reappear. RVD's there, chair, Van Daminator straight away, bang, Dream is down, beating him up. Um, Dreaming that starts to fight back, the lights go out again for a slightly longer when they reemerge. Sabu's there, chair thrown straight into Dreamer's head, bang, um, they're brawling, they whip him off the ropes, he reverses, hits him with a double DDT. No sooner he's done that, the lights go out for a longer period of time. Once the light emerges, Jerry Lawler is standing in the middle of an ECW ring and fuck me, what a reaction. With a microphone. With a live um, mic. Luis Piccoli all of this time is sitting in the corner holding Beulah and, and keeping Beulah locked in so that she can't help and she can't get away. Um, Tommy Dreamer can't get to save her, so, so Luis Piccoli still staying in this and heelish. Um, but yeah, that light came up and, and Jerry Lawler came in. Yeah, and and uh, that 
place went mental. And um, just before the Jerry Lawler moment, getting back to it, basically just before the double DDT, um, Sabu and Raven just sort of stared at each other and Raven just kind of walked off and that was the end of Raven. Yeah, I mean, it looked for a second as if Raven was going to come to Tommy Dreamer's aid. Yeah. And as that kind of was looked as if what was going to happen, I didn't know how I felt about it. Well, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's everything that I've just said about in regards to they've not done the respect angle. They've not done the, you know, we're, we're, we're brothers from, you know, we've, we've battled and just, you know, there's not the, you know, the only person who gets to, to hurt him is me, which would have made no sense bearing in mind the slew of thugs that Raven has sent over the last two years. Um, so that there was this moment where it looked as if Raven was going to do the, the face thing on the way out. And I loved that he didn't. He yeah, basically was just gone. So, like I said, Lawler's in the ring. Um, RVD and that continued to beat down... Um, Dreamer. Dreamer. Other wrestlers starts to try to come in, and they beat them down. Before any serious wrestlers come in, Jerry Lawler basically grabs the mic and says, this bingo hall should be made out of toilet paper because there's nothing in it but shit. Which was an absolute stonker of a line. This is it, is it? This is the bingo hall. This is extremely crappy wrestling. Oh, my God. Yeah, just absolute heat magnet. I mean, it's up there on par, probably better than the Shane Douglas heat for different reasons. It's the best thing I've seen Lawler do since the Andy Kaufman stuff. It's absolutely phenomenal. It really was. I mean, for him to just go there, and just turn up in full, like, Jerry the King gear and just, wow. So, basically, the, um, the gangster's music hit. Everyone goes mental. Before the gangsters even make it to the ring, RVD's there, sort of sneaks up, attacks him with a chair, beats the shit out of both of them. It, it's absolutely just carnage. Um, just, I mean, Sabu and, and RVD are just beating the crap out of everyone. Chair shots, Van Daminators, you know, throwing themselves around. No one can get near them. They are just absolutely every single person who comes near that ring is just absolutely obliterated. And you start with kind of your your lower tier kind of, you know, so the FBI run out and Blue Beanie runs out and uh, whatever else. And then you go up a little bit and you've got, you know, your Axel Rottens and your Balls Mahoney comes out and um, and then the gangsters music hit and you think that, oh, shit, we're on for something now because it's the gangsters. They're, they're having their entrance. We've seen this. We're programmed to understand you know, they come out, they throw the weapons into the ring and don't even get to get in the ring to get them. They are already taken out, destroyed. They don't even make it into the ring. It's pure carnage. Bill Alfonso grabs the mic and calls out Shane Douglas and Shane, do you want to come down and have a bit of this? And Shane basically just said he doesn't give a crap. Yeah. But sure, Nothing just, to do with him. Yeah, he's up there watching the whole show. Which is amazing because they're sitting there kind of going, you know, have, have, has ECW not got anyone tough? Has ECW not got anyone, you know, any any badass people? And by Shane Douglas having that kind of, you know, standing there in the eagle's nest going, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm out, I'm not interested, triple threat with him uh, when you finally see him. Um, you've already taken them out of the mix. You've already said, you know, well, no, they're, they're heels. They're, why, why would they want to come down and do this? They're not, they don't care about the honour of ECW. They're not going to step out. Um Whereas if you hadn't done that, then they're caught in that whole kind of where were they, why didn't they come out, blah, blah, blah. So, again, just brilliant. 
Exactly, brilliant. Um, Sandman hits the ring. He's just suddenly appearing in the ring. He holds his own for a little bit, but gets beaten down fairly quickly. So he's next on the list at this yeah, moment. Yeah, at this moment, the crowd's going ape shit, all chanting, "We want Taz, we want Taz, we want Taz." Mental loud. Lawler says, "Is that all you've got?" And Taz's music hits, and the crowd goes absolutely crazy. And as he walks to the ring, clicks to um, uh, Fonzie telling Lawler why they needed to get out of the ring. And you can see him talking about suplexes and choking him and, and just no, 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 time to go, time to go, time to go. Um, and there was Carper as has uh, just walks into the ring past this, this kind of just bodies everywhere. And uh, just climbs in the ring and takes the towel off his head and looks like, yeah. He looks like the man and just, what an amazing, amazing segment. Yeah, just insane. The, the nuclear heat. Um, you've got Dreamer beaten senseless. Uh, Luis Piccoli leaves with Bueller over his shoulder. Yeah. Um, you've got... Uh, uh, Jerry Lawler and um, uh, Sabu and RVD who have just laid waste to the entire ECW locker room. RVD's done it all wearing a Monday Night Raw t-shirt. Just brilliant. Yeah, which is... I mean, obviously, WWE wouldn't allow it, but I don't think they would. But it's almost what we said about how this had potential to be like a real NWO kind of with a federation invasion. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. It felt like WWE were invading ECW to show you how shit ECW was. And it was and not even an ECW, not even a WWE wrestler for a punch. Everyone that thought was just ECW on ECW. That's how clever it was. Apart from Jerry Lawler, but this thing, you know, they, they did. Yeah, all but he them. wasn't, he wasn't as active as the other two. No. And they did all of this with one guy. Yeah. One guy known for being in WWE as the mouthpiece for it. That's all they did. They didn't they didn't bring in, you know, half a dozen wrestlers. They didn't bring the Undertaker in and, and you know all the rest of it. They didn't need any of that. They 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 made RVD and Sabu look like absolute killers because between the two of them they've just laid waste to the entire ECW locker room, almost the entire ECW locker room. Um with with Jerry Lawler just being the biggest heater on that microphone, just getting them so hot, so much heat. Um, yeah, just just outstanding. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen this, you need to check out this segment. I mean, obviously it's on the network, but you can find just the actual segment on YouTube as well. And it's just, it's arguably the best segment I've seen in ECW to this point. It's it's got to be easily top five. Um, I'm I'm loath to say top one just because I've not given it enough thought to see about other segments that yeah agree. I mean, love, but you know it's 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 it stands out. Yeah, I mean top moment no, but as a segment just in whole, I was just blown away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it then leads on to Taz versus Sabu, the rematch. Uh, great match, exactly what you expect. Suplexes. Um, springboard legs, very similar to um, the better legal match, decent match. And um, Taz picks up the win. No, he doesn't. 
They not Sabu win. No, Sabu wins. So Taz locks on the afterwards. Sabu runs up the turnbuckle and kicks off, rolling back over to Taz. That's Taz it. takes the pin because he is not letting go of the Taz mission. That's it. It's the WrestleMania. It's the Roddy Piper Bret Hart thing. Yeah. yeah. Beat me can survive if I let you. Yeah, I'll I jump in the I'm choking you out. Yeah. And then, uh, so he finally breaks the hold, throws around the referees, chokes them out. Um, and then, as they're trying to get Sabu out the ring, and RBD is trying to get Sabu out the ring, to show you that we're done now, we're drawing a line and we're moving on. Uh, Taz gets his hands and locks on the Taz mission onto Bill Alfonso. Yeah, basically show this this is done for the time being. That's that's the closer. He did what he had to do. And yeah. um And just great. like that, you've moved you've moved Tommy on, you've moved R V D and Sabu on, you've moved Taz on, just like that. And you've also you've lost your top main event heavyweight title contending heel. Yep. So you need to free up the top main event heavyweight contending heel. Yeah. And what better way to do that than the next bit that happens. Basically find out that during the commercial break, Taz calls out Shane Douglas, says he can beat him in five minutes. Douglas said make it free and you sort of got your match. But if you do not beat me in three minutes, then you sit at home suspended for 45 days. Yeah. So, now, what um, I would have loved there is, is you know, if there was something along the lines of, you know, I'm all about the triple threat. So if you can do it in three, then I'd be impressed. That would have worked. Something, something that, that shows why he's kind of gone, well, you know, do it in three. Um, so... He accepts. They have the match, and Taz beats him within three minutes, and we get a new TV champion. So now Shane Douglas is free to go to the main event. Taz is suddenly a TV champion, separating from Sabu and that for the time being. Dream has yeah. now got a brand new feud fighting against the WWF defending ECW. Yeah, as the heart and soul of ECW. And it's kind of like you've lost, you know, one of your top heels, a massive player, Stevie Richards as well for injury. Yeah. Potentially Perry Saturn. Well, it will be, but yeah. Yeah. So, and you just think they've tried almost to find a way to, you know, sometimes I, I feel like if ECWs, like when they're backed into the corner, you get the best out of them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, their, their, their ability to heat people up like instantly um, is crazy. So, I mean, you know, it's funny because that's Taz's, they were saying that's first, Taz's first loss since returning. So since November, he's been undefeated. Um, and that's not really been a thing. You know, you, it's been the path of rage and blah, 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 but he's not really kind of played that up until now. And the answer is, doesn't care, you know. Loses the title, chokes him out. Win, uh, loses the match, but but chokes him out and then wins the title. Um, and and WrestlePalooza goes off, goes off air with Taz as your champion, which again almost feels like for different reasons, sort of a bigger bigger moment than sort of Terry Funk winning the title because it was a different like journey. Yeah, um, so I've got to say. Um, you know, my my 
initial thing about Shane Douglas becoming the television champion um, was that I didn't understand it. You know, how he got into that title match, why it suddenly became an issue, why he suddenly kind of cared about it. None of that really made sense. But, you know, we've seen this kind of rise between franchise and Francine. We've seen them kind of just lift each other up something chronic. And in doing so, they've made that title so big, you know, maybe even bigger than the world heavyweight. Um because it means something because they've got it. And, you know, if, if Shane Douglas has it, then it must be good in the same way it was with Francine. Yeah. You know, if Shane Douglas has Francine, then Francine must be because, you know, he's the, he's the franchise. He's the, the, the quarterback, he's the star. And he's saying that, you know, she's the, the, the biggest, hottest girl in the world and you can't have her. Um, so just his ability to, to build that belt has been fantastic. And Francine's reaction you know, having to the belt wrestled off her when um, when he loses, just absolutely distraught that they've lost this championship. It's um, the details, isn't it? It's the details. Yeah. It's a lot of throwing in there at the moment. Just, just Francine at her sassy best, and you know, love it. Yeah. Now, for all the um, sort of criticisms I've given it over the past couple of weeks about the what I think is the poor handling with Terry Funk coming out of the pay per view, this episode is absolutely fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Considering the sad moment of Raven leaving, it's an absolute beast of a roller coaster of a fucking episode. If you haven't seen it, absolutely, go back and check it out. It might um, be the the best episode, like yeah. you know, pound for pound, the best start to finish episode that we've watched in the two hundred and twenty or whatever we were up to now. Yeah, like I said, it was just just constant, but um. Yeah, as that journey continues, we're now going to follow Raven's journey. So his pre-journey, looking back at Scotty Flamingo, obviously we watched one match, uh, the Clash of Champions, 22 January the 13th, 1993. Scotty Flamingo versus Two Cold Scorpio. Um, Yeah, I was watching a little bit. So I've not really done much with Scotty Flamingo. I've not watched much of his Scotty Flamingo work. I've yeah. seen some of his Johnny Polo work in WWF. I remember him managing the Quebecers. I'd forgotten him managing Adam Bomb. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember Johnny Polo a little bit more. Um, but I thought Scotty Flamingo would be good to go back because it's WCW. Um, yeah. And just really interesting. You know, there were, there were so many things trying to look at it that I was going to kind of flag for us to watch. Um, his feud with Johnny B. Bad was, was the thing I was going to kind of steering to um especially uh, but but it finished in the boxing match and that felt a little bit not really what we were looking for but the boxing match he came out he had the um uh the vegas connection uh yeah or diamond connection uh i can't remember but it was um ddp and and Vinny vegas yeah um uh in the in his corner and um they, uh, you know, Vinnie Vegas cuts a promo and it's fair to say he wasn't always great on the mic. Uh, he trips over his words. He, he forgets what he's saying. He's, it's, it's an awful promo. Um, but the the promos of Scotty Flamingo, it's such a weird character because it's, it's very much the pretty boy. It's very much leaning into the Johnny B. Bad you know, makeup and neon and 
you know just just so glam compared to the grunge it's it's this weird kind of it's almost like 80s hair metal going into grunge um mm. really interesting kind of follow which is crazy because in the ecw universe it's the same person because hmm. it basically would have to be a roadie for pearl jam was it or something yeah. or, and sort of so it's not like they've you know it's, it's the same which is crazy they haven't steered away from it like others might. No, they they owned all of it, and you know you had Stevie coming in with Stevie Flamingo and Stevie the Body and Stevie Polo, and and you know all of that was was absolutely owned, which was just you know the brilliance of it. None of this kind of like you know, and now I'm someone different. All of that happened. Yeah. All of that's canon. All of that's my past, and it led me to this point where I've realised that you know everything's futile and blah 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 blah. Um, so yeah, it was it was you know that disenfranchised generation thing. Um, but yeah, so Scotty Flamingo, um, what did you think of the match? What did you think of uh, of, of Scotty Flamingo? Uh, well, the match itself felt like a massive highlight for Too Cold, and I get it. Hit the video package beforehand, which had me chuckling as he was strutting to the, the school to get the kids yeah. there. But um, yeah, the match itself. Yeah. So it's mainly just a too cold highlight thing. I mean, Flamingo looked all right, but it's it's kind of like looking back, you could tell it was never him. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I remember obviously seeing some Scotty Flamingo on WCW Saturday Night, we used to get it on ITV. So when he turned up as Johnny Polo, I was surprised he wasn't wrestling, and I still don't know why he didn't wrestle. Because I knew him as Scotty Flamingo, so I, I was shocked. That he so we did wrestle wrestling. some matches. So um, one of the ones I was thinking of bringing up was he had a feud with Marty Jannetty, the Quebecers, and Johnny Polo versus Marty Jannetty and the One Two Three Kid. Um, so I was going to kind of slide into that one, especially as it's promos of him uh, being interviewed by Vince McMahon, which was quite interesting. Um, but yeah, they 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 liked him as a mouthpiece more. Um, and he was, he was very good at getting heat as a mouthpiece. So. <clears throat> and he did it. He's probably helped him loads of his promos. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just choking. That's all right. But yeah, no, it was, um, it was decent. I enjoyed it. It wasn't his greatest work. You could tell he hadn't found his way at all yet, but it wasn't awful. But it, was it, a, wasn't... it was a very weird Buff Bagwell-esque gimmick. Hmm. He was, he just, was sort of, you know, he was, the, he was the, the, the third American males if they were that kind of kind of... It just felt very... Yeah, very WCW sort of 93, 94 gimmicks. Yeah. So your bright fluorescent gear, um, flat buoyant yeah. sort of star. Round sunglasses, peace sign, necklace. Yeah, but this guy was never going to be ECW champion feuding with Tommy Dreamer. just wasn't going to happen. Here we've got crapped on the arena worse than Tommy Dreamer did. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really just interesting, kind of that, you know, absolute weird 80s vibe, you know, the, the ripped up hard rock jean jacket and things like that. It was, it, was, um, it was quite interesting to see where he'd come from and just, just how amazingly different and relevant at that point character he'd been able to create given what he started with. 
Yeah, no, massively. And then um, for him to return at the Clash of Champions 35. So um, <coughs> he first appears in, EC, in, EC, in WCW in the crowd, um, yep. sitting there. They try to interview, Mike Tanay tries to interview him and gets nothing. He's just silent. Um, he comes back this next week and is silent again. However, as Tanay is trying to interview him, um, a familiar face pops up. Stevie Richards, dancing Stevie Richards appears and talks about his man Raven and, and you know, how, uh, um, you know, he's, he'll, he'll interview Raven. He'll get the truth. Um, and they reference, they reference that Raven's been a, cha- a world champion where he's been. They reference that him and Stevie were world tag team champions. Um, so they didn't hide away from any of the ECW pedigree at all. Um, and Raven says nothing. Um, the next week after that, uh, oh no, Raven, so Raven kind of pushes Stevie and punches him. Um, then a couple of weeks later, again, Raven is ringside. Stevie comes out and he says, you know, I've done it. I've, I've negotiated with Ted Turner. I've negotiated with JJ Dillon. I've done as, as I know you'd want. I've done the paperwork so you can follow me into WCW. Um, Steve, Raven reads the paperwork, looks like he's going to sign it, and then tries to punch Stevie. Stevie catches the fist and says, that's not happening here. So again, just absolutely almost picking up where they left off in ECW. Yeah. Um, Dance and Stevie then has some matches. And in one of his first matches, Raven runs out, out of the crowd, DDTs him. Uh, and that sets up the match for Clash of Champions. Yeah, I mean, and for the transitional fans of ECW following Raven over and keeping tabs, it's the perfect debut match because it's it's the match that you never got. You know, yeah. like we said, the ECW was building up to this match. It was going to be the match. Um, again, slightly dumbed down, Stevie, but it's given enough of the character. Almost like he's acting to be dancing, but he shows highlights that he's not that guy anymore. He just almost pretended to be that guy to sort of get in there a bit. But then he sort of flops back to the guy. Um, The match itself, Stevie comes out first, obviously of entrance and everything, because he'd made his debut on Saturday night the week before. Raven comes through the crowd. They said without music, but the network, I think, dubbed sank over just for the sake of it. Yeah. Which kind of ruined, because I don't know why he did that. Uh, Raven doesn't have a WCW contract, as you mentioned. Before the match, he cuts a promo saying that if he wrestles, it'll have to be a no DQ match. The ref sort of looks around awkwardly, asks Stevie. Stevie says it's fine. He gets a good pop. And um, we have it. Raven versus Stevie. Um, no, two, and basically, yeah, it's a two-year build to sort of the singles match, really. Yeah. If anyone that's followed it over, and you, you're more likely got ECW fans watching WCW than WCW fans watching ECW at this point. So it's perfect. Yeah, really, really is. Um, it's it's such an amazing match to start with because you know they've got they've got such a history and such a country together that they you know they can put on this match and, and it means nothing to some fans and everything to others. Um, yeah, and that's just incredible. That's the thing. I mean, as we, we said like the other week when um, you had the Public Enemy come out when they were in Philly and like you had Hat Guy in that in the second row that. You know, as much as everyone's like, you know, fuck WCW, fuck WWE, um, 
we love ECW, you are watching all the products because WCW is hot as hell right at this moment. Yeah. The NWO is much what must watch thing. Now Stone Cold is heating up, so you you will be taking tabs on it. I mean, we did. We yeah. watched everything. Absolutely. Wrestling was just so hot. You just watched every program. This is before the days of like when you record it. You you watched every show because it was. Yeah, literally flicking between both on the Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. So it was so. It was, you know, ECW fans would have watched this and been buzzing that you finally get to see Raven versus Stevie. Um, the match itself. It's just a complete massacre, I thought. Yeah. Stevie didn't get much offence in. Um, Stevie had a minor bit where he reversed into the chair and got a little, sort of maybe 30 seconds, but Raven just absolutely beat the shit out of him. And they were they were building Raven up quite thoroughly throughout. So it was very much, you know, this is this is designed to get Raven over. And that's, yeah. that's apparent. You know, they, they've signed Stevie and Stevie's, you know, good hand, but the, the person they've signed to be a star quite obviously Raven. Um, they talk about his tattoos. They talk about his um, his, his tongue piercing and what a, a, a complex and strange individual he must have to have tattoos and a tongue piercing, um, which is just bizarre, isn't it? Um, and they, they talk at length about the eight surgeries he's had on his ankle, which has left his uh, one leg being shorter than the other, which is why he's got a built-up boot. Um and they call that out and, and talk about all of that. And then uh, at the end of the match, after watching him, um, you know, use the chair and the drop toe hold into the chair and the, uh, the, the slam into the chair and things like that. Um, when Raven wins, uh, they say, you know, you can see why JJ Dillon wanted to sign him to such a big contract. You can see that he's going to be something special. And he really was getting geared up. He just, uh, I just feel like he's got caught up in sort of a, a random shuffle. But um, we've said it multiple times about, oh, we keep tabs on this, keeps tabs on this person. We 100% are keeping tabs on Raven. So if you're a Raven fan, this is not over. We will be watching what he does on Nitro. Obviously, we've jumped slightly forward, so we have to pass where we're at. But we're going to be keeping tabs. It's going to be a little while before we, we check back in, just because I think the real interesting Raven stuff, the flock and stuff, starts around September, October. Yeah. So we'll we'll go back and then in a in a few weeks we'll check in. Um because he might have a familiar looking flock member. He might do. But um yeah, I think of all the characters, I think this is they've lost some the big ones, but this feels like the biggest that we've lost. Yeah. But then if that's just sort of I'm trying to think who else like mate. I mean maybe Shane Douglas to Dean, but it wasn't really the same. This is the same character in a different so yeah, hundred percent for me yeah, hopping I mean, over and seeing how he gets on. Jack was Cactus Jack was huge, but Cactus Jack wasn't your two-time world champion. Where storylines had basically been about him for the last, you know, two years. Mm. Uh, and also, he went over as as mankind. So it wasn't like if he'd gone over as Cactus Jack, it's interesting to see how they handle the same character. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Uh, I feel like that's uh, as he's gone over as Raven, and they've continued Raven. Similar to what they did with Public Enemy. Yes. You know, we sort of checked in with them for a while, but, you know, wasn't really fans of the Public Enemy, so they didn't really care. Um, one thing that I, I, I am looking forward to us checking in on, which is way down the line, but the, you know, after this, the, after the flock kind of come together and then explode and all the rest of it, and Raven and Canyon, the Raven goes home stuff, um, 
because we get reintroduced to chastity. We get reintroduced to Hack, who looks very much like a beer-swilling, Singapore cane-wielding, smoking guy. Very interesting. Um, so uh, going and checking in on that, I think, is going to be really interesting and, and fun as well, and watching how they try to establish um, the Raven character. And the one big thing I remember about that is him looking at pictures of Roddy Piper, which was going to be about I think, Roddy Piper being his icon and them having some sort of feud and it never happened. So it was just weirdly him looking at pictures of Roddy Piper. So true. Yeah, no, let's say with things like that, like we said, I think it's important we follow as, as much as we can with all them because it's some fascinating stuff. But um, yeah, that brings you to the end of this week. Um, obviously, go over to social media at underscore sports arena on Instagram or Twitter. We're very active, always talking about ECW, especially posting daily posts on Instagram, questions and just superstars that you might have forgotten and stuff like that. Also on Twitter as well. We occasionally get involved in the modern day as well because we keep tabs because you have to. But um, yeah, the main bits, um, thank you very much. Like, subscribe, share. And um, yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah, I mean, me. so um, at underscore sports arena on, on Instagram and Twitter, um, the, the, the point you put up the other day about um, uh, your favorite ECW Raven moment, um, you know, if you've listened to this and it's reminded you of the journey we've had with the man called Raven for the last two years, uh, you know, drop in, tell us what you think, tell, tell us what your moment was, um, and uh, you know, why it was. Uh, probably something to do with Kimono one later. Um, so, yeah, just just um, really bizarre because suddenly just really excited to see what happens next. Yeah, because, um, like I said, you almost sort of get into a down point thinking, wow, this is rough. But somehow it managed to turn into something amazing and so special that I'm excited to see. Yeah, I mean, the bit that, that confused me um so last week when i was reading about the, the stevie richard stuff i also kind of saw about uh eliminators and saturn and cronus and what happens there so that's that's sad to see that so soon um what confused me was um that stevie's in just as quick with raven there was no lag at all it's like week two in there stevie um and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that to be so quick in there. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's brilliant and, and it's perfect. But things like what happens to the BWO now that Stevie's not there um, will be really interesting to watch. Yeah, massively. So the journey, as much as it continues, it's only really just getting started because a fresh restart for a lot of it. Um, yeah, so thank you very much. And we'll see you all next week for more